to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Cal Amir on the line, and he's Head of Strategy and Talent and Operations over at Black Lines. Cal, welcome to the show. Hey, Adam, thanks for having me on. So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at Black Lines, um, but before we do that, let's get a little bit further into your background. So how did you get started in your career and in business? Yeah, sure. So I have kind of an unconventional path. I actually started my career on Wall Street as a leveraged buyouts investment banker, working on leveraged buyouts from private equity companies. I uh, was working about 80, 90 hours a week. Uh, it was a pretty intense job, um, but it was something that I wanted to do out of school and was like very passionate about early on. So I did that for about five years. And then just before the financial collapse of 2008, I went to the head of my group and I asked him for a year off so I can travel around the world. Uh, luckily, he granted it to me, and I left March of 2008, just before the financial collapse, and I traveled around the world for a year by myself, visited almost 30 countries in that year. The trip had a very profound impact on my life and really changed the direction of it fully. Uh, upon return, I took some time to think about what I wanted to do next, and then shortly after, started a consulting company advising businesses, startups, online strategy, partnerships, operations, finance, um, and did that for about seven years or so, both in New York and in L.A., and then Black Lines was one of my clients, and they eventually brought me on full-time to be head of strategy and operations there. Man, what a great story, and if I heard you correctly, you you dodged the 2008 meltdown by going on a trip, and you did it before it happened, What? and you happened to be in the space that a lot of things were going not so well at. What an amazing story. I don't yeah. Think I, I mean, I've done over a thousand interviews, and I don't think I, have, I know anybody else or I've met another person that's dodged a collapse by something like that um, other than myself. So in 2000, in 2000, the way I dodged the tech wreck was I went to college. <laughs> so I was out of so I was out of the business at that point in school. They say, "How do you dodge it?" I said, "Well, I went to college." There you go. Um, now I love your story, Cal, um, but for some other reasons other than that, of course. Um, number one, you really took some time to really uh, um, kind of assess what you wanted to do. You're in one field, and you did a complete pivot. Um, and, and obviously what you're doing now, Black Lines, which we're going to get into more, is, is, is much different than when you started in that, in that financial path. Um, but that being said, there's some other people listening right now that are maybe um, fresher out of school or they're just kind of getting started in their entrepreneurial career. Now with you having the benefit of hindsight and being many years into your career, um, what kind of advice would you give to that newbie that's really out there trying to find their way? Yeah, I mean, it, it it really depends on what you're trying to do. But at the end of the day, I feel like at some point you do need to put in the work. And what does that mean? That means that you need to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you and you need to constantly be learning. If you're not learning, then you're falling behind. And so, you know, I invested uh, about four years into uh, transitioning from finance into tech where I took my time to, like, learn this new industry, uh, establish connections and networks, talk to my friends, really understand the business fully before I transitioned. But 
the fact that I did work 80, 90 hours a week for five years analyzing businesses and companies, I had a hard skill coming out of there. And so I feel like at some point along the way, you need to really do the work. And what I mean is that you just need to, to grind. And my grind and my investment in that was uh, the investment banking career. And so, you know, everyone's in a different position. Everyone's um, faced with different circumstances personally and professionally. But at the end of the day, you really just need to roll your sleeves up and, and learn and do the work. Uh, I love that, and not not too many people are willing to say that. The uh, the unpopular one, everybody likes to say, find your passion. Everybody likes to do that one, but nobody likes to say, hey, you just need to work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. Reality. It's real straightforward, and it's real, but it, but it's true. It's like, you know, to say you're working 80, 90, 100 hours a week is an easy thing to say, but to live it and actually do it is another thing, and, and I found that um, in my personal and anything I've ever done, really that real big ba- breakthrough – um, usually came at the other side of one of those stints of, you know, 80, 90, 100 hour, 100 hour weeks um, that were going on for sometimes weeks, sometimes months, sometimes years in a row, just depending on different seasons in, in life and in your business and where they're at. So I love that advice, Cal. Um, let's, um, let's switch it up a bit. I want to get into what you're doing uh, over at Black Lines. So first, uh, tell me a little bit more about the company, please. Sure. So Black Lines is a private community of content creators, influencers, and celebrities who have at least a million followers on their socials, who are brandable, and who are also aligned with causes. And so we're making it uh, a bit difficult to get in because we want people who are genuinely good people and down to earth and and really understand the dynamic of social good and and want to use their power for good. Once, um, Once the talent is let into the community, they get access to our private app. And our app is full of experiences like go hiking with a wolf, hang from a helicopter, um, and do all and all these other various experiences from brands and causes. And effectively, our talent scroll through and they pick experiences that match their style of content from brands and causes who they want to work with. And when you connect talent to a brand or a cause in that way, where the talent actually picks what they want to do, it they end up creating content that's much more authentic and carries conviction versus uh, being pitched something from somebody. And so really what we're trying to do is we're trying to elevate our community of people who actually have influence and who actually impact, and we're trying to elevate them and have them do more authentic brands and also use their power for good in working with causes. Man, I, I love I love the model. I love what you're doing, and I think it makes a lot of sense because – um, realistically, people that have that have worked really hard or um, to gain their following, regardless of how that was um, um, gained or what platform they're on. So there's one thing in common, and that's that they all really do um, care about their followers and, 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 and the type of content they're putting out, and they take it really seriously. So for the people that haven't really been in that situation and don't understand influencer marketing or, or what that means to be on that side of the coin, there's a lot of pressure. So what you're doing sure. really is making it um, more accessible and you're vet- doing a lot of the vetting um, that would typically have to be done um, or, or that can't always be done um, for them and creating these experiences. Wow, that's amazing. Can you give just to some of the listeners, because I don't, I don't want to assume that all of our listeners understand your space exactly. So can you just talk a little bit more about kind of the evolution of influencer and influencer marketing um, from your vantage point? Sure. So this is a new industry. Um, there were influencers, but just in a different way, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. But really over the last five to seven years, the, the term influencers come out. And we don't really even use that term uh, anymore because it, it, it doesn't really mean 
what it means for the members in our community. But effectively, um, you know, you, I would zoom out a little bit and look at it in this way. Before you could put content out, right, there were certain gatekeepers, right? There was maybe like four networks. There was a bunch of movie studios, and those were really the ones who held the power to determine whether audiences wanted to see your personality or who you are or what it is that you're offering. There was a lot of, um, let's just say it was very murky, and it wasn't always merit- a meritocracy. Um, and then with the advent of social media and, and really Instagram really pushed this forward, although Facebook and, and the other ones also did as well, personalities could now have a direct communication with their audience and with no middlemen telling them what they can do or what they can't do. And it really did open up the door for a meritocracy and that if a person is funny or their personality is a certain way or there's something admirable about them that people like, um, it's an open forum for them to then receive that audience and, and build their audience and really manage their brand the way they want without having producers or executives or anything like that getting in the way. Now, there is still some of that, but in, in effect, you should you could look at influencer marketing as a way for talent to directly connect with uh, their audience. And Influencer marketing really has gotten a bad rap over the last few years, and rightly so. There's a lot of influencers that aren't really using the platform in the right way. And I feel like uh, what we're trying to do is really push things back into a more authentic and positive direction. Um, And so really in this day and age, any brand that wants to get the word out, uh, you you have several options, but they're not very good. You know, you can buy paid advertising, which – isn't as effective as, as you'd like it to be. Um, but, I mean, imagine you have any, literally any product, any app, any any new company that's starting. At some point, they're going to need, if it's a consumer-facing product, they're going to need to get their word out. And oftentimes, they turn to influencers for that because the influencers are really really the ones that, that the new uh, generation of consumers are looking towards. And so if the influencer is... Uh, careful, which which most of them who who build their audiences to over a million are, then they're very protective of their feed, and they know that their fans care about them, and they have a very personal relationship with them. So in doing so, you know they would be less likely to uh, endorse services or products that they themselves might not use or they might not like. So we're what we're trying to do is the opposite. Like we're really trying to push them towards picking things that they would want to do and picking brands who they want to work with. And oftentimes, you know, we're, we're curating both sides. You know, we're curating the talent side and we're also curating the brand. So we're not letting any brand on. Uh, the brand has to be, you know, interesting, cool, fun. Usually we like to let – usually we give preference to brands that have a social good component. And so that's really important to us. And so, um, you know, th- that is really – the authenticity, I feel like, is what – has been stripped away in influencer marketing over the last few years. So that's what we're trying to restore. Man, that's awesome. I love the story, and it's just obviously going to be uh, – I wouldn't even say the future. It's the present. It's what we're living in right now. It's just like a simple way of putting it is, you know, somebody gets drafted, and they decide to say what school they're going – or before they're drafted, they decide to say they're going pro and, what, and, and um, you know, on their Instagram feed versus giving that interview to ESPN once upon a time, right? Uh, so yeah. so you can yeah. kind of see what's, um, what's down the line, where we're at, and I love it. I love what Black Lines is doing to uh, – to facilitate that process and make it easier also on the, on the influencers themselves or, um, or the, 
the people who have gained an audience um, in general. So that being said, Cal, um, if somebody wants to connect with you, I know this isn't like a B2B thing or this isn't like a consumer-facing thing because it is specifically for, um, for celebrities and other people that have audiences, and I'm sure they'll have their channels to find out about Black Lines. But if somebody wants to connect, what's the best way for them to do it? Yeah, if they'd like to learn a little bit more uh, about Black Lines, they could visit our website at blacklines.com. But again, uh, there's not much content there because it's not a consumer-facing app. But if they have uh, questions or, or want to learn more, they can also reach me on my Instagram, which is cal.mir. Fantastic. Well, hey, Cal, uh, really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing more about your background as an entrepreneur and all the great work you're doing over at Black Lines. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review on the Apple iTunes store, um, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And, Cal, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you.